welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. This is the first episode of the new year. Welcome. Thank you guys for listening. I'm your host, Javon, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey guys, it's Tav, and welcome back. I hope you had a good 2022, and welcome to 2023, and I wish you all the best. What's going on, guys? This is Ryan. Glad to be here with everyone. Can't wait to kick this off. What's up, everyone? It's Andrew. Happy to be here with everyone. Happy New Year. Going strong in 2023. Happy New Year. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy New Year, guys. Nothing but blessings and prosperity um, going forward. Now, with that being said, Javier, kick it off. Well, you know, 2022 was a good year. The World Cup and the league games have been going on, but especially the World Cup was really good as well. But I hope you all guys enjoy 2022 of uh, football overall. We have interacted in many times over social media and we have heard your opinions on certain things. So just to recap, we're going to start with, well, overall, Premier League football. Why not? I mean, everybody loves Premier League. and I mean, we're all Premier League fans right here. So Premier League 2022. Ha! <sighs> Transfer window should be. Or is that too far? Right. It's, it's, we're doing all of 2022. So, um, I'll start. One right. of the bigger, the, one of the major takeaways for me for 2022 was the improvement of Newcastle. Okay. Um, first ownership change. And that, Newcastle has always been a big club. And to see how they just progressed under one change, one main change, it was two, I can recall, the signing of Bruder Gamirez, but the signing right. of um, Eddie Howe. What a brilliant signing that was. No? True, True. Ah, yeah. I and I mean, he's, yeah, I agree as well. He's a good young manager. He has many ideas. He was at Bournemouth. I mean, he got them into the Premier League. And this is a good manager that Newcastle got because he knows the league and he knows what is expected of his players as well. So, I mean, yeah. it's a good, really good appointment. Young manager, young core of board directors as well. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yep, and he, and, he has, and he had a great CV. They signed Bruno Gamera just um, assured up the midfield. The signing of um, the England right back, Kevin um, Trippier. Oh, Trippier, 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 Trippier right? Brilliant Trippier, signing, right? Yeah. Oh, he, he was their first signing, and people were saying he he was going there yeah. for the money. But look what happened now. Yeah, he's been a free really kick well. their first like um, his first also game. Also, as well, they got Stephen Boatman. Mm-hmm, right. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. And Eddie Howe made players better, but that was one of my um takeaways from twenty twenty two. Right. All right. Uh, one of it would be more affecting to you, uh, Javon and Andrew, uh, was the invasion of Ukraine, uh, and the after effects of that, where the UK yeah. government forced the sale of Chelsea out of Robin Abramovich's hands, that and. Uh, Bowley, you know, he bought the club and we kind of see the after effects out of that into this season mm-hmm. where the squad is like it's m- built for like different types of managers and now Potter who took over Tuchel within that time span of last year is now trying to pick up the pieces and kind of rebuild from there. Yeah. You know, it was all one big ch- one big uh, cause and effect after another with Chelsea. Yeah, and um, during that time we started the summer 2022 transfer window, we started late. Um, at one point, if anybody else, uh, if any other club of, of note was in a, was interested in a player, we suddenly magically 
um, became interested in that player and <laughs> was just a scattergun signing. And yeah, it's it's really embarrassing as a Chelsea fan. That's why it wasn't. That's why I didn't bring it up, Ryan. <laughs> the good news <laughs> is at least the new owners weren't afraid to splash the cash right away. Yeah, you know, yeah, that is, that is that's really at yeah. least a good sign. Yeah, but it was too much of a scattergun approach. Yeah, it most certainly is. And now we're left with the result of this bloated squad from with players from over five different managers. We have Aspie from back when, when Di Matteo was our manager. The players that from the Sari and Conte eras and things like that, all the way up to even players that Tuchel handpicked out this summer, before weeks before they kicked them out. Like Aubameyang came through the door and before he even got yeah, a game so, there, right. he sacked right. Tuchel. Yeah, and and we'll expound on this later down in a podcast, um, for this episode. Right. But yeah, um, Javier, what was your takeaways for twenty twenty two? Um, my takeaway is Arsenal actually, and well, I'm an Arsenal fan, but yeah, Arsenal totally. Uh, the signing of Gabriel Jesus, uh, Zinchenko as well has improved the side massively, and I mean Jesus has been involved in many things, goals, assists, uh, linking plays. Uh, Zizenko has been a really good left back, and his role in that team is just been so profound. Left back, slotting the midfield has been has been really good. But also, uh, the performance overall, being first in the league until December, is really, really, really good. And we're still first right now. Draw against Newcastle, but we know what that is. But um, Arsenal has been it's been a really good improvement, and title challenges right now. We just need the right players so we can push on. Get the right players to see how we can push on until the league ends. Of course, Man City right now is <laughs> they're 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 not too far from us right now. But you know they have been together for the past two years competing. So I mean anything can happen from from those teams overall. Uh, Liverpool is also a shocker for me as well. Uh, they have their quality has degraded like so fast. So, so, so fast. I know I'm doing two things, but Liverpool is just really shocking that, I mean, after Mane left, it, the quality just dropped. And, you know, we have talked about Mane and Salah as well. I mean, the two players carrying Liverpool, but Mane is that player who's actually bringing the team forward like that for the past few seasons. But, yeah, Liverpool is a big shocker. And they actually drew today with Wolves as well. So, yeah, and I and I even feel like players like Darwin Nunes and Diego Jota are low key miss as well because even when they were fit, at least they were at least competing. Even if people were still commenting about the performances, they were at least still right. competing on paper. Now they're just they're like yeah. look at like they're competing with Chelsea right now, and that's just pitiful. Yeah, yeah, finish. yeah. And yeah. Uh, to just a bit of correction, you mean Luis Diaz, not Darwin Nunes, but even <laughs> yes. even if you take that aspect. Of competing with Chelsea, it was Liverpool versus Chelsea last season. Um, for the major games, the the, the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, Liverpool versus Chelsea, um, fighting and, to challenge City. Liverpool versus Chelsea. Liverpool, of course, last season were better, but yeah, it it was a crazy, crazy twenty twenty two. We can't forget too the with Liverpool, and it wasn't until the last two games of the of uh, the season where they were in every competition still. You know, they had won yeah. both the Cups, and they were literally two games away from winning both the Premier League and as well as the Champions League. Yeah, they were about that's, to do... That's how dominant they were. Yeah, the, the unthinkable, which is do the quadruple. Um, mm. <clears throat> and it's absolutely insane. Later on the year, for me, um, 
I'm just going to skip over the entire transfer window. The whole hurrah with Manchester United. Oh, Manchester United. Uh, Eric, finally securing a good manager in Ten Hag. That was a good right, coup. Right, right. It is. Shaky start for them, especially with the whole Ronaldo situation. But yeah, since true. they parted ways, they're looking yeah. pretty good. They're looking really good. And there's a narrative that Man United cannot do it without Ronaldo. But they've been doing pretty good so far. Rashford is there and he's doing a, putting a good work, actually. Rashford's a new player since he left. Yeah, yeah the resurgence I mean, of Marcus yeah. Rashford is crazy. I, yeah, I feel like he's and finally healthy that... now, recovered from those injuries that he had that was holding him back. Yeah, that back injury. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Even to Alan as well. Um, the Glazers have been selling the club. They tried to sell the club for the past mm-hmm. few months, though, because mm-hmm. they tried mm-hmm. to take out dividends and well, Man United is broke. So they've been trying to sell the club to get some money. So, yeah, uh, speaking of selling so clubs, far. speaking of selling clubs, so it's the Fenrir group, Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool as well. Yeah, yeah, trying to sell Liverpool as well. So, um, I believe the richest man in India is interested in buying the club, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I haven't heard any more reports of what it does yet, though. But yeah, I, also, uh, Radcliffe, I can, I, I can, well, in the, in the UK, yes, mm-hmm. I can confirm both of those, but as of the, the la- I want to say the last month, all those reports just like went dead. So I'm not sure yeah, if there's still really, negotiations yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, this won't be like Chelsea. What was the transfer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it's public every day. <laughs> um, what was the transfer in 2022 for you guys? Uh, it would uh, Holland to City for me, hands down. On paper, it has to be almost. Just he scores more than entire teams. Yeah, for real. Yeah, they must well Holland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll also throw in um, the Mbappe staying at Real Madrid at PSG. Another big shocker too. Yeah, yeah. The transfer. Yeah, that was a big shock because I mean, like it's always you know that saying tick tock like the transfer soon soon yeah. goes on and they like the big media coverage and nothing just gonna happen like it yeah. was so mm-hmm. embarrassing. But man, yeah, there's been a reason um, why they said he stayed. And Money. I don't. And what I yeah, don't yeah. get from that is like, how is Real Madrid still gonna consider signing him after that like blatant disrespect? And they're supposed to be like the because biggest he's... club in the world. Because later down in the year, we saw what he did in the World Cup. It's undeniable, man. You need him. I know, I know, I know a player is not bigger than a club. These performances. Cristiano Ronaldo's prime years. Mm. But the thing is, when you see these types of performances, you could arguably, you could argue that he's a once in a lifetime player. Mm-hmm. So even yeah, if definitely. he disrespects the club, you still have to try and sign him if you have the opportunity. I, I mean, a hat-trick in a World Cup is not normal. Yeah, in <laughs> the final of it, in the final. Exactly. Barcelona's yeah. available, you know? Barcelona, come on. They, you know, they got the stage for you as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, for that smooth transition. Because I was about to say the next... The two biggest thing of 2022 for me was Barcelona pulling all those lev- levers. Me call three. Me calling that they would make it out of the group stage of the Champions League. I get that making it out the group stage of the Champions League. I was having the time of my life that that entire week, and they lost in El Clasico. Oh man, that entire week I was loving life. Javon's uh, fourth lever. <laughs> Boy, it's like. Oh, you sound I'm like just really know that they haven't offered. 
<laughs> I'm just reading that um, Barcelona has been offered 32 million sponsorship by a Dutch company that are looking for like a sleeve sponsor or something like that. So they desperately need money still. But I mean, I don't know. They pull so many levers and just nothing, like nothing. Rafinha, um, who else did they sign? Abangyang. Abang- they- well, they they had Abangyang on loan from Arsenal. Yeah, but right. They- yeah. He yeah, essentially left because Lewandowski came in. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. Chelsea right. also got yeah. Kessie for free. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they what? got a host of players. And yeah, they got... Mm. still trying to figure that well. out. And Bellerin. I don't know what's going on with Barcelona right now in, in that management, but I'm telling you, it's, it's just not working out well. It's just not working out yeah. well. I don't know what they're going to do for 2023, but... I'm really interested to see what they're going to do. They have Atletico Madrid in the league. And I want to see how they're going to perform. Because, well, As we are reflecting on 2022, I know they got the sponsorship by Drake. And then they still lost in El oh, Clasico. Yeah? But then, oh. even though Drake bet on Argentina to win the World Cup, Messi was still able to break the curse and win. Looks like even without, they could have only won without Mess- with Messi. Looks like Messi's the only one Listen, that can break the Drake curse. As long as Drake doesn't put a um a bet on Arsenal, we're we're good there. Oh boy, I tell you, I hope he doesn't because I just want to have an easy life. He just should have bet. Drake, try. if you're listening, go on, go join the City bandwagon, please. Please, just bet take them down. Bet on them. I appreciate that. No, maybe yeah. Drake's a Tottenham fan. Maybe that's... Oh. Honestly, I, don't, I don't even know what kind of fan he is, to be honest. I see him in Chelsea jerseys, Barca jerseys. Yeah, right. I saw him in an Arsenal one. I don't know what kind of fan he is. Even Juventus here's, well. here's a hot take on Drake watching Spurs. He'll watch him for the first half, get disappointed, turn it off, and that's why they start doing good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, back to Barcelona, though. Like, I... I, I don't know what they're gonna do this year and last year was so many ups and downs and financially them competing i don't know how much money they owe or i really don't know because they borrowed a lot of money they sold so many rights and i don't know what they're gonna do to be honest but yeah to... them either way. and the squad that they have they have two starting 11s right. so how, how will that impact them throughout the season but and mm. with them crashing out of champions league yeah, uh, they money. have to win the league at this point. True, that's true, that's true. And they're going to have yeah. a lot of unhappy either... players not playing, too, because they won't have enough games for them. Right. Yeah, th- yeah. that's the knock-on effect, yeah. Mm-hmm. But even and at then... that as well, it's like uh, they they force to keep they force themselves to keep Dembele and their Rafinha. And I believe they want to get rid of Rafinha because he hasn't been performing, so... Honestly, I don't know. Even Ferran Torres as well, they want to get rid of him. They just don't make no sense. Mm-mm. And to add on to that, there's also strong reports coming out of PSG and Barcelona that PSG wanted to spend $75 million on Dembele. Mm. So Which I Barca don't know what you guys s- think about that. Barca are saying that they're not offering Dembele. But yeah, I don't it, think so. It would be foolish not to give up, you know, to give up that kind of money. On, true, true. on a position that's pretty well taken care of. Exactly, exactly. an injury-prone player. <laughs> and not even that. I do not want to 
put down another black player because they already go through it enough. But right, Dembele's right. brilliance is worth keeping. But here's the caveat to it. Yeah. It's his brilliance shows after seven different chances. Like his brilliance is not consistent enough where you can say, okay, Dembele's on the wing. He faces you up one on one. He's gonna cut you twice and go and create a chance. He'll do that three times in the game and nothing comes out of it at the at the, at the, at the product end. There's no he has a bit of a Dharma in him. <laughs> and at the same time, a bit of Neymar. Like, you can see the brilliance happen, but oftentimes, more than not, there's no material, there's no effect out of it. Mm. Yeah. Um. My next big thing for 2022 was... We've got to talk about our Ronaldo interview, man. Hmm. That uh, interview with Pierce Morgan, that was a bombshell, man. Really I was not bomb. expecting that. I was at work and I just started shocking. I'm like, it. what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's even now it still has all of us dumbfounded. Like everything he yeah, said in that cause... interview, he was right about some of the things. Cause, and I know Javier, I'm, I'm gonna let Javier speak on this because he he's a bit advocate of deep diving into the clubs and their culture he said mm. nothing changed from when he was there to when he came back when when he was 18 remember that Ronaldo went to Man United at 18 so many years ago like he said the jacuzzi didn't change the training facilities didn't change the stadium didn't change I mean I saw this clip where like the roof is leaking at Man United like, mm-hmm. like literally leaking when it rains um, mm-hmm. he said that the, the pitches didn't change either uh, the place needs to be painted. <laughs> There's so many things that even I mean, he cannot throw some shit at the chef as well. Like the chef is still there. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the guy, the guy got to keep his job same way, man. Though. Yeah, he yeah, gotta yeah, make yeah. that bread. But like, yeah, yeah it, it's just that nothing hasn't changed. And when he was, yeah, <laughs> and when he was there as a player, I mean, you have the Cantona, you have the young Ray Rooney coming in. Um. You had Gary Neville as well. I mean, those elite managed players as well when he was there and tell him, you know, how to compete as a player coming up in Man United, especially in the Premier League. You know, Champions League and, you know, you're competing against this big team. You have to have a sort of mentality going against this team. And, you know, he has carried that all his life, basically, up to now. Where he's um, in Saudi Arabia. But and to just, said, just, just a little caveat. Um, I'm yeah. going to let you finish. Remember, yeah. Zlatan said the exact same thing. Definitely Zlatan and Pogba. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I just and wanted to remind people that, yeah, Zlatan, is, Ronaldo isn't the only one who said that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Even Marina said it as well, that the mentality that, he's, that he was in compared to now is totally different. Like, you see the players. I'm not calling out the players, but he said that some players there are like, they're just different. They just don't care. When you talk to them about certain advice, they just don't they're take it. care just of. Do. Yeah, ex- exactly. And the club doesn't doesn't care as well, as long as they get paid and do what they need to do. I mean, they see themselves as superstars earning money and, you know, to play a few ball games and stuff like that. But it's not like back then when he had to compete, literally die for the badge back then. You understand? And, I 
I mean, that interview, it, it showed up many stuff about Man United. And even Mourinho said the same thing as well, that the owners are not serious. They're not. I was a little disappointed to hear that interview, especially from Ronaldo, because his entire career, he's been nothing short of just the ultimate professional. And then to just go out and just blast not only his club, his teammates, and uh, his manager uh, the way that he did, it was just a plea for him to get out, kind of. Right. But the way he did it is, it was very shocking just to it, hear, you know, from a great such as true. him. It's true. But then again, um, think about it. Like, he said he was treated badly at the club. Um, we, we necessarily don't know what was going on completely because he didn't voice everything, but he said he wasn't treated badly and people just weren't listening to him as an old player coming back. And, you know, things have changed. Well, not really, like, structure-wise, but the mentality of the club, if you guys what I mean. And he just wanted to leave because it's just not good. It's just not what he's used to as Man United. Remember that he was linked to Manchester City and then, you know, he said he got a call from Alex Ferguson saying, Mm-mm, no, go to Man United and he went. Yeah. So, I mean, he, you know, he's just, yeah. he's just depressed at what was happening there. So, he just left. Couldn't bother yeah. with it. I can also, I can also understand his point of view because remember he was their top scorer last season and he was fighting right, for, the, yeah. for the Premier League Golden, Golden Boot with, I think, 25 right. goals. Yeah, of course. Mm. So, Ronaldo was 100% Allowed to feel how he was, how he's felt. Right. I just think the way he went about it was not. what, what stood out to me the most as well when he said that to win the Premier League, mm. he loves Arsenal. He loves how Arsenal is playing. Mm-hmm. He likes the manager as well. So Arsenal should win, can win the Premier League, then Man United. But he would like to see Arsenal win because how they're playing, the mentality yeah. of the club as well, and he wants that same thing for Man United. But it just wasn't happening. But so far, still, I believe they're in fourth place right now. Everything Hag is doing a good job. He's a good manager. You know, a, a manager from Pep. Pep as well. Pep, you know, you know, um, you know, taught him as well at um I think it was believe at Bayern, early Bayern. So I mean, yeah, you expect you expect a manager like that to do well. So I mean, uh and United, I wanna see how they're gonna end in at the end of the seasons. They're they're doing good so far. And I just want to see what they're going to be. They'll probably get Champions League where things are going. So, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. And another thing as well is one major highlight um, that I wanted to take from the summer. Um, I know Andrew doesn't... I know Andrew does not like this. But when Conte had his players running the full pitch length after a full training session... And to be where we are in the season, and that materialized <laughs> into nothing. That meant nothing. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> that meant nothing in the long run. Absolutely nothing. Wait, when, when you look at it, um, Conte as a manager over the years, barring Chelsea, he's a manager who's just, he has a big mentality. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He trains hard, he plays hard, he's rough as well. So, I mean, you expect that. But Spurs is a Spurs. You're not going to expect anything from them, to be honest. I mean, he said yeah, it I'm himself not... that, like, at Chelsea winning is an expectation, where at Spurs, it's like a hope for them, essentially. It's like, yeah, we'll right. If, mm-hmm. we can, and, if we can. 
and and the winning mentality is something you cannot um you can it's a culture and honestly exactly. for Spurs to get Come that on, culture man. you honestly I do believe you have to do a overhaul including I know Son and Kane are brilliant players but I genuinely think for them to adapt that winning mentality they need a whole new starting 11 that has never played for the club before right that that you can then have Conte at the start a, a manager with a winning mentality to build that culture honestly because I don't know what right. it is man but but as Andrew would say Spursism is real it's, it's so Ew. deep within and the club I always wonder why is Harry Kane still there look it is Daniel Levy's it's a good businessman that's why that's the one thing he's done well for the club true true mm. true True. Mm-hmm. 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 I just want to know why is still there. This man is like thirty and hasn't won a trophy in his mm-hmm. life other than an Audi Cup. That oh, that that's it's because of um his agent, which is his brother, which then goes into a whole other debate. Should you let relatives be your mm-hmm. sports agent? But we're not gonna get into that. Let's move move forward a bit in uh, um twenty twenty two review recap. Another this is just for me. Um, another big take for twenty twenty two. Um, was how Arsenal started the season. Um, after that, and I'm and I'm not talking about a couple of games. I saw the difference in how they went to Crystal Palace and dominated. I no, I couldn't say at the time that this would be the result of that, but since Vieira took over, Crystal Palace is not an easy team. Are not an easy place to go and win, but right, for a, for Arsenal coming from where they were before to go there and dominate, you could sense that there was something different. Yeah, it's it's like it's like seeing this Arsenal right now. We always struggle against like Wolves away, Crystal Palace away, but the what has Mikel Arteta has done changed the. Even Edu as well. I can't even Edu as well. He's the sporting director, like the first sporting director in like years of Arsenal right now. Congrats to him. But they have really changed the club mentality and you know got some good recruitment and staff as well. Um, Albert Swainberg, Carlos Cuesta, Miguel Manuela, uh, big up to the guys as well. They're doing a really good job with Arsenal. Even Nicholas Jova as well, uh, set piece specialist. But this Arsenal I've seen right now is is really good and really refreshing. It's one of the best teams I've seen in recent years, and I just love what they're doing totally. I just, I'm just really, I'm just really happy. I'm just really happy to what they have been 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 performing, and I hope they continue to do the do. I really do. Yeah, um, you know, with ever since his hiring, uh, there was just a frustration of like overhauling the squad. Who should stay? Who shouldn't leave? You know, there was a whole Ozil drama. COVID happened. You know, the squad was fully, never fully fit all at once throughout right, his campaign. Right, right. Um, then he had the Aubameyang situation last season. And whether or not if Aubameyang stayed, we could have probably gotten into the Champions League spot. But they had stated that they were already over, you know, their progression at that point True, in time. Yeah. And look mm-hmm. at them now. They're just... They're, you know, playing like a proper team. They're playing for each other. Yeah. And even with as well on the middle of your point is that um, 
the squad. We need some more players as well. People say that we don't need players, but look on the bench. It's just not as mm-hmm. threatening as you can see compared to yeah, other teams. That we yeah. need some I, options off the bench totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I Go definitely ahead, feel that you guys definitely need some depth. When I look at your starting 11, you have a starting 11 that can win a Premier League title, but you don't have a squad that can win a Premier League title. So it's going to right. take a lot of things going for you guys. A lot, yeah. a little bit, a little right. pieces of luck to really That's get there. That's a fair point. In terms of injuries, because if you have the same kind of luck that Chelsea has with injuries, yeah, and you guys I, I, are I, done I agree as well. In terms of that title run. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree as well. Um, the only thing I would say is when Smithrow is back, and given that you guys signed Vieira, yeah, I would say the only signings you need are up front. Because you got to think about it. Ben White is not playing in his natural position. You actually oh. have a right back Wait. that can come in. I'm going to tell us something about Ben White, but continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually, you guys actually, and I've said this before, you guys actually have a proper, you have more than, you have a left back that can play midfield, and you have an actual left back, right? You mm-hmm. guys have defenders that can cover. Um, I really doubt there's a high chance of, you losing both your starting defenders. And even if you did, you still have Ben White that can step into the back and actually play your right back. We have a white right back. You have Vieira. When ESR is back, he's good. He can step into midfield uh, when dive needed. I would say you guys just need one more midfielder, a replacement for Jesus, um, if you guys don't trust in Nketiah. And uh, covered, covered wingers to cover. So it's not it. You guys need depth, but it's not to the depth of you. Strictly have eleven players that starts, and everybody else is mm. no, no. You actually you can cover a couple positions. Um, you just need coverage for like up front. I all would right. say. All right. So uh, I agree with you totally. And like, all right. So Ben White was actually carried in as a right back, actually. Um, mm. he, Correct. Yeah, he, he can play is, that position. Right. He just said. Yeah, just an article said that he didn't have the centre-back when Saliba was on loan. So, he just played mm. Ben White in centre-back, which he can play. He can play right-back, centre-back, and CDM, actually, as well. So, that's really cool. So, that's mm. why he's been playing right-back for the entire season, basically, over Tommy Asu, although he's injured a, a bit. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I can see Arsenal getting at least two to three more players. I can see... Yeah. Well, we're linked to Modric right now. And Joe Felix, which we both want, which I'm seeing from reports. And we want a midfielder from Palmeiras, then Danilo. So mm-hmm. he's a he's a CDM as well. And I don't yeah, really those think... would be three three perfect signings for you guys. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we have the youths as well. Patino will be coming back on loan. Balogun mm-hmm. will be coming back. So probably I don't think but... we buy a striker because we have Balogun mm-hmm. and I mean yeah. and I recall him before buying a striker. But Mulligan has ten goals in in um, League One over yeah, here. Yeah, right ex- exactly. He's been balling. Yeah, but um, in Ketia, he's gonna stay at the club because he didn't get a contract just because he get a contract because Arteta trusts him, and his mm-hmm. contract is really big, a hundred k a week. So he's definitely mm-hmm. gonna stay. And okay, in Ketia, he has quality, but it's just that he hasn't had that senior time in his career until just recently now. So, I mean, he has a bit of ups and downs because he hasn't played regularly, but uh, he gets the job done in most cases. I mean, 16 out of 11 goals at the Emirates. It's a really good record. Is, um, really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, running it forward a bit further down in the year, and you know what we do? 
we, we I already spoke about the Champions League. How happy I am that Barcelona went home. Um, <laughs> we gotta talk about Napoli, oh, the best team yeah. in Europe. Better to me, um, before the World Cup, better than City. They're dangerous. Better than PSG. Yeah, you the know, style I, of play, brilliant. It's been really good, and the recruitment has been really good as well. Can't forget mm. that. Really they spend peanuts on these players, bro. Yeah. They have a superstar in Carvadona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I see you making your face there. Nah. <laughs> but I said this team in Europe pre World Cup. because they're a great team based on the expectations for them, is what I feel like. Because mm. at the end of the day, right. like, are they going to beat Real Madrid head they, to head they, on they, when Real Madrid's on form? I would say so because they 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 demolished everyone in 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 Syria. Yeah, I think they lost. We still be AC Milan and we're trash. Yeah, but that right that's we're I'm saying pre World Cup. We still be AC mm. <laughs> Okay, they demolished <laughs> Liverpool. They demolished everyone that's in their fair. Champions League group and their style of play. They dem- right, I know Liverpool right. is having a bad season, but Liverpool in the Champions League no, is still a different kettle of fish than games, Liverpool yeah, in the league. I give you that. Yeah, they they this they they dismantled them. Ajax ripped them to shreds, mm. and when for our listeners, when I say ripped them to shreds, I'm talking obviously I mean style of play and how they just cut through their midfield and defense. So that's why I said easily the best um, club team in Europe. Obviously, when and and remember, point proven to prove my point or, or solidify my point more. When remember when they were uh, making the round of sixteen, no one wanted to play Napoli. Be oh, that's valid. That's valid. Like, nah. I, I, <laughs> even if you were a city, there would be a 50-50% chance you're not going through. <laughs> Napoli or that. They, those are they have those are the people. Those are the people you see in the, the schoolyard and you run the opposite direction from. <laughs> Liverpool found out the hard way when they went to Naples. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they got demolished. And remember, they got demolished with Ushermans playing maximum 20 minutes. That's with Ashman playing 20 minutes. Imagine a fully fit Ashman, Cavascalia, Politano, bro, and, 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 and Guisa. And we saw how Anguisa Farm translated to how he played in the World Cup, for, I think Ghana. And I don't remember if it's Ghana or Cameroon, but he, man, baller. That's all I can say. Mm. Absolute baller. But Napoli, for me, they were the team of 2022. For real, for real. Um, Newcastle are close second. Um, the reason why I'm not including Arsenal is because Arsenal run is still going, and I want to see where they finish. So I would count them as a 2023 team. But Napoli, fair enough. Fair enough. Absolute, absolute. Have Napoli bonus. or Newcastle won a trophy this year? Mm, not for 2022. The, the season like in all of 2022, like even if they finish like uh, that, like from last summer. Oh, I see what you say. No, um, no. The reason why I say that is mm-hmm. just from where they were and what the expectation of them, um, where they are now and their upward trend, you gotta give gotcha. it to him because everyone expects City, PSG, Chelsea when they were on form, um, any big club. You expect them to win a trophy. Newcastle has been what mid-table at most, fighting relegation for the last 10, hey. 15, 20 years. Yep. Yep. For them to be, I know we're in a new year, but for them to have an upward trajectory, because remember, in the Premier League, Newcastle won the most 
games since the January since January since the January break. They won the most Premier League games. So if you if you were supposed to reset the season from zero, Newcastle would have won the Premier League if it started in January because they won the most games. And Napoli just destroyed everybody <laughs> since the start of the 2022-2023 season. So that's why I give it to them because one the expectation as the expectation as Andrew said, and just the style of play. Right, right, right. Also, uh, Napoli were also undefeated in their uh, starting campaign too. Exactly. I think they just recently just got yeah, their first loss us. of this year. Yeah, yeah. so that, that was yeah. astonishing yeah. on itself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you can't, you know, you can't take it away from them. Um, yeah. Rolling forward, the World Cup. Mm. What a show it was, man! The best of mm-hmm. a generation. I gotta say, it's the best World Cup ever, only because I'm including all the nonsense with it. The drama around Qatar, the political drama around Qatar, the actual drama with Qatar not being able to pass a proper ball <laughs> in the World Cup. <laughs> the host country going right? out the quickest ever. <laughs> exactly. And and that adds to the you know that adds to the spectacle, um mm-hmm. the whole G Arena um situation with Greg Barholter, <laughs> which played out after the fact. Oh my God! The whole yes, the referees, right? The referee Mateus <laughs> Lahore. You see, you see, and I'm and I'm just listing things off my list here that I have. Why it's the best World Cup ever, right? Mm. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Half of the half of the star players missing out, um, i.e. Benzema, who who we know who after the fact we 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 learned that he could have played from the round of sixteen to the final. Mane missing the World Cup, right? Oh, Andrew, yeah. Holland at home talking to himself because we saw the videos he made. Holland <laughs> was a full training like hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marco made it to the um major players not being able to play a part in in the latest. Major players not being able to play a part in the World Cup until like the second game. I'm thinking of Memphis Depay and other players. That that brilliant free kick from the the Netherlands. That that set piece. Oh, wake horse. <laughs> exactly. Major teams dropping out, i.e. Germany, Morocco's brilliant run. No yes, one saw that coming. From make it to the semi final. The semifinals, and Morocco, right, yeah. and, and Morocco. Um, this was this was. I think this was the World Cup that had the most African co- countries competing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, right. Yes. So they got and more Morocco, and Morocco out of everybody made the deepest run and broke records. Messi lifting the World Cup title, but Mbappe scoring a hat trick in the final. What? Fresh. Imagine you score a hat trick. Imagine you score a hat trick and still exactly and still lost. lose. Emmy mm. Martinez and his shithousery are all the 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 the, the, the um, mm. knockout competition games. Croatia making another deep run, back to back deep run, right? Brazil, the hope of a nation, not even of a nation, the hope of a world, had the best squad at the World Cup. Didn't take the chances when it counted. Still had the best goals of the World Cup, right? What the, the emergence of kudos? Um, the, the the emergence of that U.S. national team midfield trio. Because I don't care what you say, they did work. 
they ran. Right? The emergence of Gakpo. Uh, Liverpool now. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool Paid now. off. Paid off. Got his move. Exactly. The emergence of Gakpo. What a, I feel like I'm missing so much that game into it, but let's just roll, roll it down the line. Um, The brilliant final. And you know, the cherry on the top for me? Salt Bay. Oh, <laughs> Salt wow. Bay stupidity. In the final, going onto the field as a quote-unquote pitch invader, doing his little salt thing on the World Cup, right? And being banned from all the European competition, uh, FIFA competition. Man, you, you, everything from Argentina losing their first and again, Argentina won a World Cup after losing the first game. You, you, wow. how is it this that that, that the best World Cup? Wow, it is. Uh, I'm still hearing that Argentina is still on holiday because of the World Cup. Yeah. Their economy is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saudi Arabia's run. They almost won their group and they ended up not qualifying. Bro, but come Costa on. Rica almost got right? on a similar and on a similar type of way. <laughs> after losing six deal, <laughs> Japan topped their group. <laughs> exactly. Boy. My favorite thing at the World Cup was talking to Javier after that Spade game. <laughs> Every time he, I would see this man, I talk to this man. Spade fooled us. Spade scabbed us. <laughs> There's a stat pattern against Costa Rica. I'm so sad. I'm sorry, but doing 1,000 passes and nothing. No. <laughs> 1,000 penalties. Each player, nothing. <laughs> uh, the, the keep and the keeper. This was the first competition I can stand up and hold my hand up and give more respect to goalkeepers. There were more than one. You know, normally in the in the, in the Champions League, right? There's only one after the after you do the season review of the Champions League. There's normally only one keeper that stands out. I left knowing three keepers stood stood up. Right. I think it's Lovakovic. I don't know the Netherlands goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Croatian goalkeeper and Emmy Martinez. I would also give a shout out to the Morocco goalkeeper. He plays for Sevilla. A major competition where four and anyone who knows the sport normally in major competitions is normally that one the, the winning goalkeeper who normally has a brilliant season. But to leave the World Cup competition and and four easily could have won the, the Golden Glove just based on performances. Come on, man. This has to be the best World Cup ever. Now, um, transitioning to, to year end, Premier League started back, and fast forward, we're here where we are. Um, this is where we talk about the after effects of the World Cup. So, what are you guys? Well, I know uh, Premier League and um, La Liga has restarted. Where do you guys stand on um, what what we've seen so far? Uh you know, as a, from an Arsenal perspective, it, you would think that the World Cup came at a wrong time because of the run of form, and maybe the break maybe did some good. Yeah, we lost Jesus in that in that span; he's out for three months, and now that's going to test the squad. But now the biggest question for that, you know, is can Arsenal win the league? Is that World Cup going to be a hamper on that challenge now? Because right, right. they you know, they started off strong. Um, they won their what last two games? Oh no, last two and draw drew one. No, they won three, 
through one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to, I'm trying to remember the results here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they started the season on fire. As with Men United, they were, you know, just won all their games. Mm-hmm. So, it's still a little too early to tell if the World Cup is making a damper in the Premier League or in all the other leagues as well. Mm-hmm. Only, you know, time will tell on that to see who is, you know, because some of the players, they're either picking up little injuries there because of fitness uh, Holland, it, it, he seems like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't disrupted at all. He just continued scoring right from the get-go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a little preseason for yeah, Holland. And it, it, yeah, yeah, hmm. he was dusted off cobwebs. But that wraps up yeah. um, the final whistles 2022 year in review, and that was brilliant. The only thing I will say that we forgot to mention is Ronaldo's exit from the World Cup. That was kind of heartbreaking. And oh, the goat debate is over. As a Ronaldo fan, I can admit the goat debate is over. I add to that. So last year, you know, you saw the, uh, you know, Messi finally lifting the the one trophy that he needed to his cabinet. Uh, but then we also, they're already superstars in their own right in Holland and Mbappe. But as the closing chapters of the Messi versus Ronaldo's, you know, finally, finally closing down, I think we're going to be in good hands with Mbappe and Holland. I think for the next 10 years, I think they're going to give us a show. And... True, true. Yeah. Um, I, most most definitely. Um, On a more summer note, we started 2023 and we lost two of football's greatest. Um, And we lost the greatest ever. We lost Pele, who, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time. He won three World Cups. He revolutionized football. He put Brazil on the map. And everything that he did for the sport. You could literally go to a kid today and ask him anything that they know about soccer and soccer or football and they'll tell you Pele. He's tran- he transcends multiple generations. And from the final whistle, from Javon and Ryan... Javier and Andrew, we want to say rest in peace, King, for everything you've given to us and the love of the sport. If it wasn't for Pele, um, maybe we wouldn't have the type of football. I would probably wouldn't be in love with football because the way he played, um, bringing the Janga spirit to, to, to the game, it was just... Um, I'm actually speechless. Uh, so Ryan, you have a few words as a Brazilian, as the Brazilian in the panel. Yeah, um, like you said before, uh, won three World Cups. The only player to have done it. Um, he was such a you know a revolutionary in the sport. You know, the way not only he put Brazil on the map as a you know a footballing powerhouse, but not only that, he showed the love of the game to the world with it, and. He, you know, the foundations he's built to help players, you know, tr- you know, especially in Brazil, where the one one of the things they grow up to be is they want to play for, you know, the Seleção, the national team, and all of them they they reference Pelé as, you know, that benchmark, that number, that famous number ten, and you know we lost a good one, and he's, you know, he's up there. Uh, you know he's he's meeting up with Maradona. They're gonna be arguing back and forth for 
you know, who was the best out of them two. And so, rest in peace, Pele. We, you will be missed. If it wasn't, if it wasn't, I've seen all over social media, if it wasn't for Pele, the number 10 shirt would just be a number. Um, yeah. Well mm-hmm. said. Heavier. Um, Andrew. Boy, Pele has been one of the best players for the longest while, of course. I mean, I speechless as well when I heard the news. And, you know, we have heard the news many times that he has been in the hospital, in and out, and, uh, you know, been recovering. And, you know, just a few weeks ago was the day when he left, left the world. But, you know, he set the benchmark for... Who the best player is basically the goals the the skills the tricks um having a passion for the game and as i said before he put brazil on the map and you know brazil is a country south america where wasn't getting that much attention back then until you know pele 17 year old coming and revolutionizing the game uh you know it's just crazy especially as a black player as well that was it was really really good and um yeah, I mean, many Brazilians look up to him, of course. Moving on, uh, it's kind of tough to move on from such a sad note, but moving on to Arsenal title chances, I'll have Ryan and Javier, the Arsenal boys take over. <laughs> Boy, Arsenal, um, I'm really happy to see where Arsenal is at right now, and title challenges. Um, <sighs> Boy, it's a whole lot to take in, and we need we need some options. We need some options, you know, to build up the squad. We really do. And I'm telling you, right now in the transfer window, we are seeing many rumors going along. Joe Felix and Modric uh, we're being linked to right now as the only two players. And I just think we just need at least three more players to go along to the title. Uh, title challenges will be decided most likely in February or April because we're playing Man City as well, who are just like, what? three or four points behind us, I believe, or five. So, I mean, those two matches will decide who will win the league. But right now, the way things are, Arsenal was... Mm, this year was supposed to be the year where we actually have a decent foundation in, you know, top six, basically, or, you know, top four, because we are having a project right now, a really good project. Last year, last season was just, you know, the foundations of getting the right players who Arteta wants to get players out. And this year was to actually cement that, but we actually exceed expectations right now and we're in first place. So, ahead of schedule, but we still need a decent squad depth. If you look at Man City right now, that team have competed for over five years in total. Five years winning the league. Competing against Liverpool and also in the Champions League as well. So we need some options. Alan, we need some options, to be honest. Yeah. So uh, I I had asked this earlier as well, and, you know, you kind of went over it, is can we win this league? Uh, we have, like, we have this chance to do it. Uh, the amount of points that we have, we've only lost one game so far this season. Right. Uh, we're sitting, you know, top of the table with 44 points. And normally in previous years, the teams with that amount of points or around about that amount of points yeah. in this many games have gone on to win it. True, right. um, like you said, we're ahead of schedule. 
Same thing with last year. We were ahead of schedule when we were in fourth place trying to get into the Champions League spots. Uh, nothing wrong with getting into the Champions League. You know, playing against the better players would, won't mm-hmm. harm us in any way. Right, right. You know, we would also get more players through the door to get, you know, a, a better, fuller squad. Uh, Andrew pointed it out earlier. Uh, we have a great first 11 to win this league, but not Definitely. the entire squad. Yeah. And if it comes down to another injury, you know, if, if we lose like someone like Odegaard, who's I think it's been key. I think he's been our best been player this really season. Really key, yeah, definitely. If we lose him, I think I don't. You know, I don't think we'll win the league for sure. Gabriel, we've been managing just as of now. We're gonna. We have some really good games coming up with Arsenal in terms of Spurs, United. We see City next uh, next month. Yeah, those will be key games. Yeah, definitely. Those will be, like you said, mm-hmm. February. We'll start to decide where we are in this title challenge. True. Um, you know, if if you there's been arguments in who we where we should reinforce our squad. Mm. Where do you think we should go with? Do do you think we need a Mudrick on the wing? Do you think we need cover in we, center mid, a striker? Boy, we we need. We need both, to be honest. We need Modric on the wing. Reason why... Alright, look. In that Newcastle game, I'm sure if you had a player like Modric coming off the bench, it would cause a lot of trouble and probably get a goal as well in those certain instances. Uh, we need a midfielder as well. Our strong, holding midfielder, attacking midfielder. Someone who can, you know, push the ball forward, break the line, especially deep block, Newcastle. Uh, I, I, hate, I hate the deep blocks. We need a type of player who can push the ball forward aggressively. Who can score, assist, and do whatsoever right now, basically. I'm basically the same. We need like a, a more mobile version of Shaka, basically, I'm saying. <laughs> so, if you had a player like Bruno Gramirez in that position, he would do really well. And I was honest. shouting for him last year. Yeah, exactly. I was shouting He wouldn't for have him. that problem right now. So, yeah. So, I mean, we need a player on the wing and a player in the midfield. Just to solidify things, to be honest. If you have that, we can go a far away. And I see we're also linked to Joe Felix as well. So, I mean, yeah, have him in playing center forward. Much kind of wing as well. Coming off the bench. That'd be really, really, really nice, to be honest. On loan, that is, right? On loan, would, right. I don't unloan. think we would pay unloan. 100 mil. F- yeah, Felix on loan for like 9 mil and his wages, which equal up to like, I don't know, uh, twenty million. Would he really euros, pay a fee? Yeah. Would he really pay a fee in addition to his wages? Ah, uh, no. That's For what Arsenal is saying. That we don't want to pay that. Yeah, that's what Arsenal is saying. That they don't want to pay it because that's too much money and financially good for the club. To be honest, so they're trying to yeah. see if they can pay part of his wages or just you know something like that. I don't know. I did read a report too. Let's say if it was a loan. <laughs> Uh, if you were to come in, but in Atletico are wanting around fifteen to twenty million. I'm like, that's excessive. Yeah, yeah if you win is. the league, yeah, the fifteen yeah. twenty million could be worth it if he contributes. And not only that, it benefits yeah. Atletico to sell him on after, True. or to sell him back to Arsenal if they can negotiate yeah. something there. Mm, I'd be um, yeah, if it's like a twenty mil, but it's like you yeah. sell him on for like sixty like, I mean, or like so- forty five. Mm, yeah, basically, yeah, but. I don't know. I just want to see how this window is going to go so far. But Modric, on the other hand, he wants to come to Arsenal. Like, this man is literally posting videos of him watching us, like, live games. So, I mean, he wants to come. Arsenal is priority. 
Shakhtar want 100 million. Arsenal submitted like 62 million pounds. They're not getting that. And they just, I don't know. They're not getting 100 million for Modric. No way. I, I don't think any club would pay 100 million for him. You know, yeah. coming mm-hmm. in from the Ukrainian league. Right. Yeah, he's, he's had some good showings in the Champions League, but that I don't think that should be enough to warrant, you know, give or take 60 million. But mm. the numbers nowadays are so lucrative. Right, for real. If you have other clubs that, you know, that throw an interest, like you Chelsea. know, it'll drive up the price. Yeah, like, Chelsea yeah, like has a Chelsea. Other interest rate. No, and but I don't know. But even then, Chelsea's not paying um 100 million. Why would you pay if you're not willing to pay 120 million for Enzo Fernandez, who is a third, who is at a further step in his development Correct. for his for their respective roles than Modric? Why would you pay 100 million for Modric? Um, but, I know um, Shakhtar is saying they want 100 mil because he's stronger than Anthony. Yeah, but that's even then, still was still further along in his development. And the only reason why Ajax got $100 million because it was literally the last day of the transfer window. <laughs> if it why was, I hate do you think, Because think about it. Do you really <laughs> think Manchester United would, or any club would be foolish enough to pay $100 million for Anthony if it wasn't the last day? No. I if they had, I'm, I promise you, they would have probably spent 60 on him if they attacked the transfer early on in the window. Yeah, definitely. Just trying to get as much money out of, you know, clubs, England clubs, basically. Exactly, because like, they know they have the revenue. United Premium. Right. And I mean, I mean, most of these clubs in England spend some ridiculous money on players overall, so it, it, it's just, other clubs just say, you know what, if they can spend that money, they can too, so why not? Try to get as much money you, you want out of them for your players. So, so yeah, basically. But um, yeah, I don't see Arsenal spending that money right anytime soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, with the transfer market, you're gonna see that you know the comparison between both, like like the Arsenal, the Chelsea. They're gonna be going for very similar t- players as Chelsea are looking to rebuild. Right. Um, so. It, it is going to be tough. Hopefully, we don't overspend in this January. We get what we need. Uh, and, and let's hope we could take this title challenge as far as we can. I agree. Uh, I agree. We just... You know, and down the road with Chelsea, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how they're – we, we're going to say they're struggling this season. Right, uh, right. Yeah. Where are you guys on that, Jovan and Andrew? Yeah, it's been a uh, yeah the last couple of years, pretty much since that Champions League win. It's been a bit like uh, when an Olympian wins that gold medal, and then they go and they come down from that high, and they go into a bit of a depression. That's kind of where we're at right now. We're literally in a depression. We have a starting eleven that's out that could probably compete to be in the top four. That's out injured right now, and we have yes. a squad that's bloated with players from managers of five different playing styles from five literally over five different managers ranging back from the last time we won the champions league with Aspilicueta. So it's it's a lot of issues going on and I don't know if Javon you want to comment on your side of things. Yes. Um there's a lot to unpack here for um in regards to Chelsea. Firstly, um I, we were discussing this off ear and Andrew made a very val um I'm not Andrew. Javier made a very important point when he said Chelsea under the Abramovich era was not built to be long term. Yeah. It was short stint, major wins, major trophies. Yeah. 
but it was never necessarily um, built for long term. And that's transitioning all the way down to the players. Um, and one of my biggest gripes, I know it's a new era or whatever, but it, it's still the same because Bowley tried the same same tactic, trying to get rid of Tuchel. Tuchel, yes, it was a rocky, rocky start. Yes, I even said they should get rid of Tuchel, but I thought when he did it was way too soon. Should I at least gave him until the end of the season? So when you do bring in a new manager, you're changing the yeah. mold and give that manager an entire transfer window so he can get the players he need and an entire preseason to work with the players. Mm. No. Going back to um Chelsea and their woes, we are struggling because Potter has players that are not his players. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And a big part of that is because Todd Bowley invested in Thomas Tuchel players in around like 200 mil over the summer as well. Exactly. And and, and on top of that, we have no transfer strategy. Do you yeah. know how embarrassing it is? And was, was and is because it's still happening now. Where other clubs such as IE Arsenal, Manchester United... Bayern Munich are interested in players and we will there's, there's, there wasn't even a hint of us of Chelsea being interested until someone another club of note are interested in that player like <laughs> Mudrick, Mudrick literally yeah. said in a statement I only want to go join Arsenal why are Chelsea even exploring the idea stop bringing players to the club that doesn't want to come to the club a player like um, Nkunku wanted to come to Chelsea. Look how quickly we got that deal over the line. Yes, it's 2023, but we should bring in players that actually want to play for us. Rafael Leao, we could have signed him in the summer if we approached that deal earlier in the transfer window. Even uh, too many before he went by to Real AC Madrid. Milan. Too many before he went to Real Madrid. He we want, could have he, signed him for 40 mil before that the got summer him. before, but we didn't go in for him. He wanted to come here. Exactly. Exactly. And he wanted to play for Chelsea. Rafael Leo, the reason why we didn't get him, AC Milan literally said it was too late in the transfer window and they couldn't get someone else to replace him, which is why they didn't approve the, the 100 million purchase for him. So we uh, could have gotten him in. Right? So there's no strategy in going out and purchasing players that we need. I understand mm. the strategy in, in purchasing young players, building for the future, but you have to look at the club right now. They're doing in this rever- in reverse. Sure, the young sign is of Davide uh, Fofana, um, the, the, the young defender that we just signed. It's great. And Chukwameka is great. But you do so after you have a stable squad. Right? The whole concept of it, you sign players after you build a stable squad and you sign players that can come in and replace these players that you have with keeping the same style of play, the same successful mm-hmm. style of play. Perfect example. Do you guys know... Um, I, forgot the, I forgot his name just slipped me. The holding midfielder player that was playing for Manchester City against Chelsea uh, midweek, right? You mean Roger? Who came on in the second half. No, not Roger. The, 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 no, no, no. The young player. Uh, give me a minute. Uh, pardon? Rico Lewis? Rico Lewis. Rico Lewis, yeah. Do you know how old Rico Lewis is? He's like 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. 
Rico loses 18. How long has a how long has Pep Guardiola been at Manchester City? Does anyone know? From 2015. Five, like five six years now, no? Six. Seven years. Seven if Rico Lewis, wow. if Rico Lewis is seventeen, that means how long has Rico Lewis been in the 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 youth youth academy for City for? Seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Minimum minimum seven years because if he just turned eighteen, so let's let's peel back the layers and look at this as a, at a deeper, more in, more intellectual football level. This means that Rico Lewis was introduced to a coach one with longevity. Two, with a style of play where in a high-profile Premier League game, the coach can say, okay, Roger is not doing it. Phillips is not doing it. Those are two big-name signings, by the way. Big-money signings. Let's take a kid from the Youth Academy and academy, pop him in the midfield in the second half to go and win the game for us. What does that say to you guys? Does does that not say City had uh, had our City and the coach had already a style of play? We have youth players. We can develop these youth players to play how the first team plays, and then if things go really south, I can pluck a, a, a talented youth player to come in and slot in and can feel comfortable even in a high profile setting because so. they would have been playing that type of football already. Chelsea doesn't have that. That's true. I'll, and they're doing it in reverse. You're just that. signing good players because you you heard or seen them play. Why? I'm going to push back or what's on your the rebuttal? academy aspect of that. Because at the end of the day, Lewis Hall pocketed him both times he played. And our academy always produces players that are world class. So I'm, that's the only okay, part I, I'm I, pushing back on. In terms of the longevity, in terms of producing players for a specific style, yes, we need that. Yeah, and, and that's and that's that. my main point. Producing and that's great my players, main point. though, is what we can do. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the only part I'm pushing back on. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying we can't produce great players. My point is perfect, perfect, perfect example. We produced Kevin De Bruyne. We didn't have a proper style of play at the time. We were playing under a coach who wanted defensive. What happened to De Bruyne? We sold him. We sold him. Look, the type of player he is now. Imagine if we had a, 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 a long, as Javier was saying earlier, if, if this club was built with the DNA to have longevity, De Bruyne would have been a first-team player at Chelsea right now. That's true. And no, I can say I, the I, same I, thing. Ima- with, we would have had a better version of Lukaku. No, because imagine our team right better now. Better version of Lukaku. Had, if we had Reese James, Kevin De Bruyne, Mohamed Salah, Raheem Sterling, and Christopher and Kuku, A better version of team. Lukaku. Ma- yeah. Mason Mount and Declan Rice in midfield, along with uh, who do you want the third to be? Yeah, I, I, um, <laughs> I'll I'll keep Kovacic. I'll keep Kovacic because Kovacic, Kovacic is brilliant. Kante, we probably wouldn't even need to sign Kante because we'd have had Declan, right? Um, it, 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 these are the things I'm talking about. So well, no, it'd be De Bruyne as the third. That's it. That's yeah, the, the Bruyne as the third. Yeah. And and, and, and and these are the things these are the, these are some of the things I'm talking about. We need to build a club like if Potter's your guy, cool. We're tenth this season. We don't as much as it pains me, if we don't finish top four, cool. Arsenal didn't finish top four last season, they benefited from it now. Right? Because it's a progression thing. Cool. As long as when as long as you're gonna give Potter time. Give him an entire chance to win the and, and, and an entire preseason. 
then if we're still the same place where we are now, t- five games in the line down the road next season, then okay, get rid of him, whatever. But you cannot put him in, just drop him in the, oh, take him out of Brighton, right? Drop him in Chelsea, make the same, I say make the same magic happen. It doesn't work like that. This mm. man, this man is the type of manager that's going to, that needs time to build a culture. Because look at it. And if you don't believe, if you think what I'm saying is nonsense, for anyone listening, look at perfect example. Who was Brighton's manager before? Brighton's manager before was very um, pragmatic. Potter came in and changed the entire culture of how Brighton played. And what happened after Potter left? They were able to get a... a, 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 a I forgot. The, the, I remember, I remember yeah. his name, the Zerbi. But the, the word I'm looking for is where you easily just fit. You have a circle peg, you put it in a circle hole. It's so easy to continue that style of play because you already built a, a free-flowing attacking culture. All you have to do is just get a free, free-flowing attacking manager. You, you slot the deserve in. Nothing really changed from how they played. And the culture continues versus Potter coming at Chelsea, switching from Tuchel's more defensive, trying to change the culture. It's not, it's not going to happen in one season. And that translates to the type of transfer window we're having and the form of playing. Like, like, like I don't think Sterling is a Potter player. <laughs> he, fin- he finally no. gave Zachariah a chance. Yeah, Zachariah is a way. Potter player. Mm-hmm. Right? Zachariah is a Potter player when he, when he won because he took his opportunity when he got it. Right. He played really well. Mount, it, Mount can be a Potter player because Mount has been consistent. Mount can be in any play. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Reese James is is a world class player. Chilwell when fit is a world class player, right? Conte um, Silva world class, and we're apparently we're gonna renew his contract. <laughs> yeah, which is absolutely crazy to me. So let me ask you this: uh, being that you know it, it is a rebuild that you guys are gonna be going through, um, how much? I'm not saying that Potter should be on the line here, but how, how far along would you give Potter? True. If, Let's say next season he doesn't deliver Champions League either, and then you're going into 2025 with no Champions League. I'm willing to give if if this club is serious about changing the culture, I'll give him until next the first five games in the other season 2023 2024. Okay, because changing a culture is not easy, the only caveat to that is. While it was kind of a stop start or um, quick success, you're not doing any more fire that still did bring success. You see what I'm saying? Right. So you kind of don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't want to switch com- cultures completely and then switch the winning mentality. You want to keep that mentality. Um, but you also want to build longevity in everything you do. So that's kind of a difficult question. But me, I'll give him until the 2023-2024 season. How about you, Andrew? I feel like how long I give him really depends on his overall trajectory and as well as if he picks up any, like, um, maybe side piece silverware on the way up. Like, if he gets an FA Cup BFL or something that keeps him alive or something like that, I could wait a little longer in those cases because that, to me, at least shows progress in that winning mentality. Versus, like, if things are actually going And the style of football has to be better. Yeah, and th- versus if mm-hmm. things are actually going nowhere, like if I see like a Nottingham Forest performance any time after post pre post preseason next year, 
No. Yeah, he's he out. He's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to go, yeah, like, yeah. the first game. He has to go. <laughs> yeah, he has to go he the first game. I agree. If I see I agree. I agree. But, yeah, that's what I mean. He has to go. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like I can honestly write off this season for him as, mm. like, a free hit. As long as he doesn't get relegated, it's a free hit. Because at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, um, a coach like Potter, because it's he changes culture cultures of clubs, because he did it at Swansea as well, mm-hmm. you have to give him a full preseason. I'm not going to lie. I feel like he should either finish outside of all the European spots or not in the top four at all. Like, don't finish in top. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Just to build it from scratch, or not in Europe at all, because then it's just like extra games. Or no, or no, yeah, no European football. Yeah, yeah. because the Thursday playing on Thursday night is gonna add an extra stress. So I'd rather hmm. him just have the league and the league cups to worry about next season, mm-hmm. so you can actually focus on style of play. Winning games and upper trajectory. So when you add Champions League and European football to that, you already have a base to build off of. You know? So I, I, I would actually appreciate that. I would actually... That's a good call, Andrew. I would actually appreciate that. Yeah, On paper, you guys do have a good squad, even with your injuries. Yeah. Okay. yeah it's very injured. No, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, so... My point is because when Klopp took over Liverpool, his squad was com- it was a complete mess mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the players, the caliber of players that they had. It was nowhere near to where they are now. Uh, same thing with Arteta taking over Arsenal. It was it was a mess as well. And then you factor in the COVID season, uh, which Chelsea, I they have a solid squad. Yeah, majority, a good chunk of them are injured and. That's players, probably one, yeah, one of the main reasons why you guys are where you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is a squad issue. Uh, and I, you know, from what I saw with uh, Potter's time at Brighton, it's something that Chelsea can look forward to. Uh, I think they got a good person in, you know, to build their squad. I think Spurs missed out on the wrong coach. I think they should have went for him over Conte. Yeah. Enough, you know, for enough, what yeah. they were looking to do, but... Mm-hmm. Their decisions, there's a decision there, and I think you guys benefited. It hopefully I would no, well not for me, but you guys will probably benefit this in the future mm-hmm. as long as the right steps are taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, and that's a hundred percent true. As long as um we're not rash to pull the trigger, um because at this point it makes at this point getting another manager in in having two different manage three different managers in one season is nonsensical. And you're just doing what Abramovich did, which makes no sense. Um, so I'd say and the, the, the last thing I would say at this point is slow down in terms of transfers. Mm. Right? Stop. Stop. Halt. Look at where the area, even with a depleted squad, even with a completely depleted squad, you still saw where the issues were for Chelsea. In, in that game against Bad City, it's still the front line. Am I lying, Andrew? We were still able to get the ball up the up, 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 up the park brilliantly. One touch play, one one touch football, brilliant style of play, great. It's still the forward line. So I would say, stick up in, stop siding defenders. Um, Kovacic is back, Zakaria is back, and you can play Mount Mount as a cab because I heard both won't be out, out that long. 
I just signed some forward players. Like, spend the money. If you're going to splash the cash, splash the cash on a world-class striker to play alongside a cuckoo. Splash, yeah, splash, yeah. splash the cash on a, a, a world-class winger. Leave, leave the midfield alone. You, you, can, you can realistically survive with this midfield until the end of the, the, the season because the goal for us now, if we have any goal, would be to try and get top four because there's still a lot of games to play. And that's just my final point. Andrew. I guess the only thing I got there is that I feel like our midfield's weaker than you're making it out to be. Like, Zachariah, like, while he's doing good now, it's a Premier League. He's going to get found out. He got, like, two good moves that he does to get out of trouble, and he's going to get found out when he's hit get trapped again. And it's gonna be yeah, but, like how 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 it's gonna be like a couple months, and then we gotta rely on Jorginho again, and you know how that's gonna go. No, but but what I'm I, but what I'm saying is, with everybody we have in midfield, you can put some form of combination together, right, to get us to the end of the season. Because it's not like we need our midfield to win something; we just need our midfield to get us to top four. Because if if it's even to start with Zakaria and Kovacic, because Kante has gotta be fit sometime in the season. Kante cannot be injured that entire season and we give him a new contract. You see what I'm saying? Loftus Cheek is gonna come back. He can play um as a as a he can play beside Kovacic, Zachary, or even Jorginho. You can utilize Jorginho in the, in the early part of the game, then take him off, or vice versa. Um put him on in the latter part of the game. Basically, what I'm saying is we have enough bodies there that we can throw something together to be somewhat solid. We have nobody up front. <laughs> Nobody. Havertz is not the guy. Sterling is not the guy. Pulisic can only bring the ball up field and then fall f- fall over when he's about to shoot. Boy. We have nobody. So you have a, you have a bad number nine, Chris. To be honest. Abba <laughs> Mayeng. Go go back to where you came from, man. Go back to Dortmund. Did reset. Oh, nothing personal. <laughs> Nothing Everything personal. personal. <laughs> Leave. Everything personal. Leave. Right? Broja, who mm. looked excited, only scored one goal. We have nobody. I so I, I thought Broja was a good option as well. I, I don't know. Y'all just need to find out where that number nine curse is from. <laughs> we need to we need to apologize to whoever put that hex on us. I am as a Chelsea fan, I am sorry. Whoever did it, apologize. Chelsea fan, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am apologizing on behalf of my club. We didn't mean to do it. Whatever they did, I am sorry. Please lift the number that curse. Please. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, let's leave Chelsea and Arsenal alone for a minute. Manchester United. Oh yeah. They face mm. they place Manchester City and Arsenal next. My question to the whole panel, if Manchester United beats Arsenal and if they beat Arsenal, Tottenham, um and City in their ne- in their upcoming games, can we say they're title contenders? Even if even if it's for Boy. a month. Boy, you know they're, uh, they're only they're, they're only I think nine points off the top. Listen, uh, if that's the case, that's nine points right there that they get. I'm yeah, not saying that yeah. Arsenal are win- uh, losing all their other games, but it's at least they're closer and 
they're in great form too. So I I'm not arguing against that. Cause you never know. What do you think, Andrew? Uh I don't know if Man United got the minerals to really make it a whole season. I don't think they have No the no, no 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 I'm just saying, even if it's for a month, can you actually take them serious? Honestly, no. Just based on like what the squad has done in the past and what they could like mm. revert, in terms of like their mean that they could revert back to. Like they ah, have to prove to me that they have a new average now. Like they've done it for a while, but they haven't done it long mm-hmm. enough for me to prove to me that this is their new average. So that's mm. why I need have to here. Man United, you know, they're getting more serious, like every single match that I've seen, although like that's just nine points off first, so they can really do some damage and be at the contenders for like a like a month or so. I don't know. It just depends on how far they can yeah, go. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't I I don't think I don't I don't think they can go the entire season. But think about it. You're literally beating the rivals that are challenging for the title. And you're taking points off them to which would bring you closer to them. Right? Obviously, the title is not wrong, is not one on beating the top six. It's right. win, winning on it's one on beating everybody else in both legs, home and away. That's correct. Yeah, whoever um, it's a marathon. Whoever has the best record, you're right there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But let me say this then: if they beat Tottenham, Arsenal, and City, that's a shout that they're different this season. That's a shout that that they're better. True. And we at I least have to take feel... them seriously next season. Nope. Would you? Uh, would it be fair to break them into two different parts the the pre the pre World Cup and the after World Cup? You know when Ronaldo was still there because it wasn't long ago where they were losing four zero to uh, to Brentford. Mm-hmm. Um, you know their start to their season was very bad. Uh, they weren't playing good, and I thought they were lucky at, at certain points. You know to get three. Uh, to, you know to get their wins, their three points. They had some narrow 1-0 wins. They got on a decent run. They were able to beat Arsenal at the beginning. Uh, it, are they like a humbling defeat away to kind of being put back down to earth? Boy. You know, they, like I said, they're in good form. They yeah. they can take points off of Arsenal. They can take points off of City. And rem- do you remember how that, 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 that game versus City went when it was a beatdown? Yeah, um, I remember it. It was what? I yeah, want... it was six three. They, yeah. they completely lost a pot. They couldn't control the ball. Yeah, I want to say no, because getting seven wins on the spin does something for the confidence of everyone in that team. Rashford is is a man on a mission. He's a sniper. Rest. He's back. Yeah, for now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a really good question. Can I answer it after I see how they play against City? Because think about it. After that beatdown, six three. If they go, if they hypothetically show up at the city and beat them three nil, whether playing on the counter attack or just playing straight up, straight ten hag ball or whatever you want to call it, um, and they beat city one nil, two nil, three nil, no, mm. you know, and then everybody has to sit up and um, take notice of them. Yeah, honestly, they they have a stable manager. Who's he has new ideas as well, which is really good. So he experiments, and I mean, he does have new ideas. I mean, Marina was okay, but 
This is stuff I need management, new ideas as younger as well. Yo, yo. Not to cut you off, Javier, but you guys notice how Javier skipped over Ragnik and Solskjaer. To be honest, right back to the last good manager. Okay, okay, look. Look, Ragnik. Ragnik. Ragnik was. Uh, Ole was. was he did bring something to the club but at the yeah. same time I, I, from the get-go everyone knew he wasn't it yeah like, i think they like him because he was like a former player wasn't really as much legendary but he's just a former player just managing the club that's all yeah it was like this legendary super sub yeah yeah trouble. <laughs> yeah so super sub manager yeah so um yeah you're you guys are 100 percent right um, I know Andrew didn't want to talk about them, but I'll mention them as we're wrapping up. Um, the big six disasters. Well, now let me not say wrap it up because we have to discuss Newcastle because what they're doing is absolutely insane. But Tottenham, it's what? fair to say Newcastle <laughs> took over the Spurs, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, but Tottenham. No, hey, they're what fifth, I think, and Manchester United is in fourth. They're fifth. They're higher than us. Um, uh, so we gotta discuss them. Tottenham. Oh. I don't know what to make of this team. They start the game horribly. Then in the second half, they're a whole different team. What? It's like it's like they're a second half team or something, right? Oh man, I was. They always do like a comeback or something during the the remaining minutes. Uh, I don't yeah. know. And what's crazy is that last game they beat who did they beat? Crystal 4-0? Palace. They beat Crystal Palace four 0 So you know they're, they're they're capable of doing these things. Yeah. Kante's moaning about players. He's not I mean, committed to signing a new contract. No. What is like, going on? Kante said that he's just there just to hold the club up until they do something to get another manager or something like that. He's just there until the time being. He said it himself in the in an interview as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean. He soon move on. I don't know what manager they're going to get, but bring Potch back. He <laughs> <laughs> would do more damage after, 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 bring Potch after back. they got rid of him. Yeah, they got rid it, of it him, wouldn't be a good no. move. Uh-uh. They need to find Lopotegi. Oh, never mind. No, but Lopotegi's at Wolves. I don't know. There's no manager. Like that will go to Spurs. Something like that. Yeah. No, if you're bringing Allegri, that's like a similar thing to Conte as well. Yeah. Defensive <laughs> football. Yeah, all very, all very all. pragmatic. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's not really a manager out there that would go to Tottenham. No. Yeah, they really mm-hmm. suck, don't they? It's why we shouldn't have talked about <laughs> them in this script. Like, I, I don't get why we agree with this. But... Uh, okay, moving on from Tottenham before Andrew throws our fit. Before, before we briefly um talk about two teams from relegation, Newcastle. What a run. I'm a run. What a run. Yeah, for Atlanta United. Jack really mm-hmm. the words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, Newcastle. You know. Well, I'm I'm really I'm really surprised. Yeah, like they, I'm they I'm happy for even, them. They haven't even signed as much players yet. That's that's the thing. Exactly. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Eddie Howe made these like look at Callum Wilson. You actually who can I didn't even know he played for Brazil. No, 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 not Brazil. Um, England. I didn't even know he played for the Eng- England. Oh, you right? About, yeah. Mm. The strike. Like Jonathan. Like Jonathan. Yeah. Mm. Who is he? Yeah. Right. 
Oh, Who don't forget that. Don't forget that Willock is there as well as their young, promising youth player. Yeah. Exactly. So, props to Eddie Howe for making players better versus mm-hmm. just going out and buying better players. Mm-hmm. The most He's ex- got a proper team, you're right. The, the most expensive player they signed, who even who didn't even he, feature as much, is Isaac. Yeah, yeah. He came real. back to yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And the best player up until Eddie Howe took over isn't even in the starting 11. Maxi, uh, Maxi Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Newcastle. Um, They're going to look really scary next season after, after the summer transfer window. I ain't going to lie. Exactly. It's going to be really scary. Uh, question. Finishing top four. I think it will be tough for them. Uh, it all yeah. depends on... It's going to depend on if Liverpool and, you know, uh, Spurs pick form yeah. over them. But uh, but no knock to Newcastle. They're they're still on an undefeated run in the league. Yeah. They lost today in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, to be honest, they're, I mean, they're favorites I, to get the top four over the other two. I agree. I see them winning against Fulham, Crystal Palace, West Ham. Bournemouth. Oh, West Ham is having a shock. They, they can also Liverpool. take points off the top six. True. We've seen that already. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They beat Liverpool, no? They beat Liverpool. They mm-hmm. drew against City. They they held Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I think they they've, beat, they've they only lost once Chelsea. this season. <laughs> They're supposed yep. to beat them, though. Oh. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The toughest game that I see coming up is against Liverpool. Maybe if Liverpool picks back up. That's if they pick back yeah. up. I don't know. That would yeah. be my argument, too. Yeah. Yeah. They're um, right now. Yep, I'm switching gears to the bottom of the table. Frank Lampard's losing his job. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even hesitate. He didn't even hesitate. (laughs) He might have to like keep the bullet and live out, live it out to the end of the season, and then get sacked. Needs to go on vacation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but but let's take Frank Lampard out the equation. Every manager that goes there is in the same situation. That is the, true. the best manager they had where they still finished low mid-table was Ancelotti. If yeah. I'm a manager, I'm not going 10 feet near Everton right now. I still don't get how Ancelotti went to Everton. I know he's, he's at Madrid. Like, I don't know why he went to Everton in the first place. So, <laughs> mm. I think yeah. he knows the owners. Oh, That's yeah. one of the reasons oh. I think why he went there. <laughs> Because, to be honest, he had no business going there. I mean, they, um, they, they I, I don't think a lot of the Everton fans want yeah, Lampard out. the right move for Real Madrid, yeah. ultimately. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's, true. Uh, that's, true. that's true. The last the FA Cup game that Everton played, they played really well. Um, If it was pre-World Cup Manchester United, they would have probably won. Mm. Um, And I think I saw banners from the fans saying, sat the board. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. really see much Lampard out. I think mm-hmm. the Evertonians recognize recognize that it's more of a board issue because he's not well, uh, Lampard is not getting the investments needed. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's they true. did invest in what the I, squad though. Like, I think over the last few months, invested over five hundred mil. So it's not like they haven't invested mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah, yeah, but um, then again, Everton, more than the owners, I remember Alshir Uzumov, who was a shareholder of Arsenal, went there as well, and he's been a bit of a hiccup for them for the past few years since he left Arsenal, so 
uh, I don't know. I remember he's Russian as well, so you know the Ukraine crisis, he got bullied out too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Javier, your boy mm-hmm. Lopetegui is at Wolves. Yeah, boy. You know, I I still can't understand why he was a manager at, at um. <laughs> I didn't I didn't really get that move from him because. Oh, when he was at Barca. Yeah. I don't know. No, Real Madrid. Oh, Madrid. Oh, Real Madrid. Real Madrid. 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 Yeah. Real Madrid. After, after... He got fired from Spain because of Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He got fired mm. from Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real Madrid. I, I never... You know, he's not really that as a world-class manager, so I don't know why Madrid got him. I really know he's, why, but... I, I, I see him as a dollar store version of... um. Valverde? No, as the... The Aston Villa manager. His name is slipping me right now. Good evening. Uh, Una Emery. Una Emery. Una Emery. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see him as a Dallas store version of Emery. This man came back and um, won against Spurs. Like, he has a loss against Spurs. Yeah. You know? He has yeah. a loss against Spurs. Una Emery, please don't call at him again. I don't know why I just called it a while ago, but I, 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 have, I, have, I have PTSD from, from that man, I'm telling you. Mm, and Emery is at Arsenal. Yeah. He did take you guys to a Europa League final, though. Last against yeah, Chelsea, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, had to bring that up, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, fun the wow. turnaround for Aston Villa. What do you guys think? No, no. Uh, and I'll see you since now. Emery's doing, uh, he's doing something good at Aston Villa, no? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's bringing, trying to bring the club back up. I want to see what he's going to do for this transfer window. He's that manager who's good with those type of clubs in, 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 the, in the table. You know, those mid table clubs. Mm-hmm. He's good yeah. with mid table club. Yeah, and, he's really and, good with them. Yeah. And I mean, competitive now with this, with him coming in there. Mm. Yeah, it right? Because Newcastle, the resurgence on Newcastle, I'm assuming Lobetegi is going to turn Wolves around. Um, yeah. Lobetegi is a manager Rogers, as well, too. Brian. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers is Brighton. Brighton. Um, Brendan, I, I think ben, right now, Leicester is the only team. That should be pushing um, for a top eight finish. I think they're the only team that's underperforming. All right, let's go, man. Bright, bright, well, is... Started off horribly, really, yeah. but they're really starting bad. to make their ground. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. So it's Aston Villa. Um, there's, I, I'm assuming there's going to be a turnaround. Was, you saw how they played Liverpool today. If, if they play anything like that in the league, it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, Newcastle, the league is very competitive, extremely competitive. Yeah. Uh, and I'm loving it. Speaking of leagues, <laughs> switching gears to La Liga just before we wrap up. The title race is hot. Mm-hmm. Barcelona lost. Um, no, Barcelona drew last week and Real Madrid lost. Yeah, today. they play Atletico Madrid soon. Yeah, and remember remember they, they appealed the Lewandowski three-match ban, which yeah. they still lost the appeal. So Lewandowski won't be available for that for that Atletico Madrid game. What do you guys see taking on the, the league this year? Oh, it's still too early to call. Uh, I can't decide to be honest. Uh, <laughs> be honest with also, you. I have no choice but to win this league in order for yeah. it to be a yeah. disaster season. I think uh, they're gonna lose. Defensively, they're horrible. Did you see? Yeah. They, they, they drew three three with Intercity. Yeah. Uh, Xavi, I, I, I well, can't say that it's Xavi's fault, but he's them, all over the place with that four. defense. Didn't they beat them 3-4? Yeah, I said they almost lost. They beat oh, them 3-4. You, mm. you, you have Intercity scoring three goals against you, bro. 
I don't even know. Well, I don't even know what I think. Who he's from. calling up? He's calling up Bellerin and Marcos Alonso on either end. It's Marcos like Alonso. It's, it's comical. Alonso. <laughs> he plays Alonso as center back sometimes, bro. That's a that's a ticking time bomb right there. You're gonna lie. <laughs> listen, uh, listen. You know the funny uh, thing? Barca actually has decent cores of players. They actually have a decent. Core they do. Of players. They actually. Do. It's just their know. defense. It's got it's just their defense. Dembele is too inconsistent, and um, the swapping between and Rafinha is not on a good form. It's not on good form. But when otherwise, they have a good squad. Yeah. And I need to utilize Ansu Fati more. True. When he's not injured. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, on the other side of um Spain, Real Madrid. Uh, I think Vinicius Junior is getting too caught up. Um, in um. Everything else, everything else except playing. But I wanted to talk about the racial abuse against Vinicius Junior. Um, mm. This is not something you want to see against our black players in the sport. Um, it is a hundred and ten percent unacceptable. And what's worse is the statement provided by La Liga when Vinicius Junior complained. La Liga said they did something, but they didn't do anything. Um, Ryan, precedence. I know you wanted to speak about this. Yeah, it's it's not the first time that this has happened. I feel like it's happened before too, where Neymar, he, uh, you know, they threw a banana on the field for uh, while they were playing in the Barcelona versus Atletico match, mm-hmm. and it just seems like La Liga they don't tighten up on this. Mm-mm. There isn't, you know, clubs aren't properly punished. Uh, fans aren't being banned like how it is in the Premier League. It, it's it's disgusting to see it. It needs to be taken out of the game. Um, the league itself got, has to be on top of this right away. Instead, you have kind of the uh, not the owner, but uh, Tebas uh, kind of clapping back at Vinicius Junior. Like, why would you do that against them? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well, it was like one or two seasons ago. Uh, there was a twelve-year-old boy made a racial comment against uh, Wilfred Zaha. He was arrested for it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. It just, there's just now a no tolerance that in England and other parts of Europe, whereas I feel like in La Liga, it's just, it hasn't been there. It's like, why is it taking so long for such a, pro, uh, you know, a top league around the world? Why are they so far behind on this? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, it, it just looks bad on both ends. And I, you, you can only feel sorry for Vinicius Jr. And it, 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 you, you get the sense of weariness. It's like, is it going to stop? It, you know, our uh, players going to have to be fearful for getting racially abused when they step on the field. Yeah, and when it when when, when what happens if it starts transitioning from abuse to violence, uh, not just verbal abuse to actual physical abuse? They they personal. started throwing when they started throwing things on the field. Like, yeah, it's absolutely makes no sense to me at all. This shouldn't be happening in 2023. No, not at all. It, it it should be completely out of our game by now. Um, But, you know, unfortunately, you have these people in position of power that they either belittle it, refuse to not doing anything about it, uh, all because they don't want it to, edit, uh, you know, hurt their image or their likeliness. But but that's the thing. I don't see how it can hurt their image. I got to, a part of me wants to say they're racist as well. Because that's how 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 is this hurting your image for standing up for um a, a, a easily one of your best players 
when on form, if not the best player apart from Benzema and probably Lewandowski in yeah. La Liga. Mm-hmm. He represents La Liga and, you know, he gets racially abused and what he does is, oh, no, no, it's taken care of. You mind yours. Like, are you kidding me with that? Um, exactly. And when it went to court for the last racial abuse, they stated, oh, it, was, it wasn't long enough and it was in the state of um, a derby, so it's okay. So you're telling me as long as it's a derby, it's okay to racially abuse it no sense. I feel like that league is back way most times. It is. It is. And it is honestly just frustrating at, at, at this point. And um, it needs to stop. And the players need to take a stand and say, no, doesn't matter how much money you're paying me. I'm not playing if I'm going to be abused constantly. Because... It takes one stupid fan to to throw something, and then everybody else joins in. Yeah. Then when they start hurling things and people get injured, what's gonna happen then? It's gonna, and I hope it gets to that point because at that point the, these players can sue these can sue the the club that they're playing against and La Liga for not taking a stance because of a trend of progression that you could argue in court that it was leading to this, and they could yeah. have stopped it. So. Definitely. It's absolutely nonsensical. All right. It needs to stop. And, you know, Tevis, you're in the position of power. You can do something about this. And it, it should have been done a long time ago. It shouldn't have waited till now um, to continue, you know, for the, uh, for this abuse to continuously happen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. It needs to change. It yeah. should have been changed a long time ago. It needs to change. And Tebas needs needs to do better. And the last topic of the day, because this episode is running long. Ronaldo to Al Nasser. You what do you guys think of this move? Is it because he and I'll start with Andrew on this one. Mm. Is it Andrew, do you think it's because he just had a lack of options or did he move for the money? I think at the end of the day if Ronaldo had the choice to play for a side that was in the Champions League, he would. But because he couldn't, he had to take the option that would keep his pride in check and go for the money. Because I don't think going to the MLS or anything mm. like that would like be his ego the way that two hundred million a year mm. would. All right, mm. um, it is th- those final chapters of Ronaldo. Uh, I think you know, while he doesn't need that big payday as like certain players would go to either you know the Saudi Arabia's the China's even MLS could be lucrative to certain players um I think with him I I think he's just you know looking to wrap up his career we were hoping that maybe he could have went back to like a sporting or something to continuously play in the Champions I think he can still offer something at the top level more as a squad or rotational player not as you know a starter look as Latin and how he went to AC Milan he's still doing good mm-hmm. uh yeah off the bench but you know he he was phenomenal for them last season in their title winning cha- uh campaign so uh i don't think it's the last of we'll see of ronaldo i think we still might see more of him you know uh my friends still think that he might make the next portugal squad for the world cup but <laughs> who knows oh <laughs> who yeah. knows only, only he can like that, that right too. i know a friend like that too <laughs> 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 But, but uh, honestly, I what should I say? I I was watching one of his interviews. He said that he had 
okay, firstly, the Piers Morgan interview was saying that he has teams who want him in Europe and he's going to, what, stay in Europe? Or many teams are after him, you see, in the interview from um, with Piers Morgan. And then I remember a few, I interviewed a few years ago saying that at his, at his age right now, he's going to be playing, like, top league. He's not going to Doha, Qatar, MLS, he's not going there. But look where he is right now, basically the similar state. And I, I just think that it's probably for the money. To, nobody's going to turn down 200 mil, to be honest. Think about it. Ain't nobody turning down 200 mil. Mm-mm. So it, it, it's, it's mostly for the money, I, I think. I mean, if uh, he had, he has nothing to prove to anyone at this yeah, point. Yeah, he, he's done uh, after yeah, everything he accomplished. Yeah, he won everything in Europe, basically. So he has nothing else to do. Go to a different. I country. know. I think he's like one of the few players that can take like a money move like this, and no one really looks at him any kind of way because we're like, well, yeah. you don't really have anything left to prove to us. So right. do what you want. All right, get your bag. So, I mean, he. Yeah. True. 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 And with that being said, thank you for joining us today at the Final Whistle Podcast. Please remember to follow us at the Final Whistle Podcast on Instagram, the Final Whistle 2022 on TikTok, the Final Whistle 10, replace the E at the end with the 10 on Twitter, and the Final Whistle Podcast on YouTube. Thank you guys for me and the rest of the team. Catch you guys on the flip.